Welcome to The New Monks. This podcast is dedicated to those of us on the journey of evolution. Through these episodes, we will dive into the lives of individual people and discover what they have learned and how they have handled their growth. Hello and welcome back to the New Monks podcast. I am Jane Muller, your host. I'm an artist and you can find me via the links below. And in episode 17, I'm talking to Georgie, who I met two months ago, and we really connected and just didn't stop talking. So, so happy that we're here. She's here on this episode sharing her story with us. And she is such an explorer of life. And her whole journey has just been such an exploration of really, really finding truth and what that means for her. And we talk about her near-death experience that she had at the age of eight and her traumatic relationship in her teenage years with a narcissist and then exploring so many different spiritual paths, traditions, teachings and then just coming all the way back to herself. We touch on water a little bit, but I know she has so much to share about water, magic, codes, downloads, all of it. So follow her as well via the links in the episode notes because there's so much more that she's got to share. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. It's quite a long one, but you know there's a lot of juice in there. So stick through. Blessings. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. (laughs) Okay. Let's let's run the show. <laughs> let's run and go. <laughs> no, come on, we're ready, we're ready. Okay, so. we're ready. I'm ready. Okay, we're ready. Okay, so basically how we start normally is just check in, just take a few deep breaths in and out. Just a little detail. <laughs> just a minor detail. Just a minor detail. Otherwise, it's all fantastic. <laughs> any more? Any anything else on the amazing? Well, babe, when you're in the amazingness, everything else is amazing. You know, the amazing is intertwined with the amazing. So. Well, how do you get into the amazingness? Well, it requires a lot of work, a lot of refinement, um, mm. and radical honesty. I believe that. Probably the biggest changes I had in my life were the they were the ones when I was incredibly honest with myself. Yeah. Like really, really looking at what I want and what I don't want and what is mine and what is not mine, and make sure that the, the I'm really clear about all these things. So um, it was just and it is a journey in search of the truth. Mm. the deeper the deepest deepest truths and that sometimes looks like my world is crumbling and everything that I know is disappearing and is changing form but Mm. 
-hmm. to find this amazingness, I think, involves a uh, incredible um, amount of liberation. Yeah, probably the the, the liberation brings this feeling of feeling amazing. So breaking through and breaking out from from those it's like an internal imaginary prison or <laughs> literally yeah i like it that you called it the journey of truth mm. but so i met you like was it two months ago maybe yeah two months yeah. ago so i don't actually know that much about your story oh gosh as georgie <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't even know if I remember the whole story because I uh -oh. think I died so many times wow. in this lifetime and yeah. I uh, kind of um, left behind those previous identities so, so yeah. many times that it's really difficult for me to even remember. Yeah. Obviously, I do have my childhood memories when I remember being really in tune with what I call the source, yeah, when I had this like very straightforward deep connection with nature and and this unified field of consciousness that was really leading me you know and i had this deep sense of trust that i belong that i'm supposed to be alive and i'm supposed to enjoy life and and i'm protected and i'm loved yeah and then shit happened life yeah, happened yeah, yeah. and Naturally. all the other bits that are unpleasant in life started to come any kind of that mm -hmm. feeling of feeling connected and being connected completely disappeared. Mm -hmm. So it was an act of rebellion that I went, I embarked on to kind of like fight with life and why is this happening and it doesn't make any sense to me. And but um, now that I look back, it had to happen to be able to see the truth, you know. I, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. the way for me to recognize the truth is to be in the truth and then to recognize the illusion also I have to be in the illusion. I have to experiment mm. and experience the mm. illusion so deeply mm. and intensely and yeah. all over again to recognize there is a pattern, there is a cycle. There's something going on here. Something's <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I think it all it all started when I was eight. I had a near-death experience. Oh, damn, you told me about this one. Yeah, yeah. You haven't spoken about yeah, it. Yeah, I was <laughs> I drowned pretty much. I loved the sea. So when I was little, since wait, I was wait, a wait, wait. little child. This what? is bad because Muti, yeah. who I interviewed, yeah. same thing. Oh, wow. In water. In water? Yeah. Wow, this is wild. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, we need to speak to him about it. Yeah, you definitely do. So, so that yeah. was... What it was I was just swimming and I was really brave really courageous my dad told me how to swim I mean I'm not necessarily swim because I was eight you know I wasn't really like properly a proper swimmer but I was just like in I was obsessed with water I remember that whenever it was raining or outside in the garden or anywhere I could find any water yeah. literally I was like putting water on me during the summer hot days like I was obsessed with and I was doing this this bit I was spinning in water I love to do these like circles like when I kind of like okay. do these like dolphin moves yeah so a wave came and took me back under and then a second wave came and took me took me back back under and I don't know how many waves came after that but what happened okay. it was that I think I, I I completely lost my oxygen I finished my oxygen resource and 
it was this feeling of like I, I just can't find it I can't fight this so I have to let it I have to let it go I, I wasn't able to and because of the spinning thing that was happening I didn't know which way Wait, to go so yeah. I was very lost okay. so I was like oh, I'm just lost I don't know where so, should yeah. I go and I had no power and I was like I'm just gonna let it just let it be so I kind of surrendered I'm like not kind of I totally <laughs> surrendered to it and I was like there's nothing I can do so I started to go down and down and down no and I I, I I think I just passed out somehow. I remember it was this like really deep sense of peace, like deep sense of peace. Wow. And this feeling of absolute void. It felt like there was nothing there, like nothing. It was just peace and nothing. And my mom found me, she, 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 looked, after, she looked for me and she literally grabbed, grabbed me from my hair, apparently, took me out. And I remember when I was already on the shore and I was like spitting the water and I was like coughing. I was like, oh, what happened? And everybody was like panicking around me. And I was like, well, I'm fine, you know, I want to go back into the water. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I didn't actually fully understood then what happened. Yes. And after that, I started to have a lot of dreams. No. Like, all sorts oh. of dreams of interstellar travels what? like all sorts of things and and water was like a main recurring oh, God, I love it. thing that was always happening in my dreams that's so crazy and like i got really afraid of it like after that i wasn't able to swim unless i could see the the bottom so even if it was like a pool or the sea like i can't really swim mm. unless i can see it you know it's this fear of the unknown or like mm. fear of dying or God knows what it is, but I still love the water so much. Um, and then, yeah, I remember I was like a really happy child, like really free, absolutely free. I was just an absolute rebel. And I didn't, I couldn't, you know, obey in any way, shape or form. And you couldn't obey, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I remember I was 12 and I studied, obviously I was born and raised in Romania. So our religion, we had religion classes in school can you believe it like, yeah, like it's ridiculous friend. really you do yeah. <laughs> i thought i thought like oh, we're the only ones <laughs> so it's quite funny isn't it? it's a funny one yeah. and then we had a priest coming in so we didn't have a teacher for those classes we had a priest coming in oh, wow so i remember i was 12 and i started to read the bible and obviously i started to go with the you know new testament i didn't i didn't want to the first bit but anyways i remember like reading about genesis you know or like the uh, Adam and Eve story and then Cain and Abel, you know, like they had these two children and one brother killed the other brother. And then I was like asking questions, you know, I put a question down on a paper. I was like, well, if, if them two had two children, which were both boys and one died and then they, they had a lot of other children after, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, there were like all sorts of you things know, that didn't make sense. Things that didn't yeah. really make sense. So I remember going with this pages of questions to the priest and they couldn't wow. answer. Up to the point they want to kick me out of the school because wow. I was really rebellious. I was like, this doesn't make sense to me, you know? Oh, that's crazy. I could feel like a massive oppression with that and I was like, that's it's ridiculous. You know, why yeah, and why don't you have the answers? Why you don't have the answers? Why are you teaching me something and you're yeah. just telling me you have to believe it, don't question it. Or like, get out of the school. Mate, I'm just going to question everything and I still question everything. And I always, I question myself. 
firstly and foremost, I always question myself. And no matter what decision I take or no matter what my feeling is about something, I always even question that. Even if I'm 100% sure I'm in my absolute truth, I still question it to just to make sure. And I love to be uh, kind of like, I love when people are going against my uh, my belief systems or my opinions, you know, and they're always like, bring me objectives. I love it. I'm like, bring it on, you know, mm. bring me the challenge. I love the challenge because there's one way or the other. One, I might get to the conclusion that I mean, like, you might, you could be right, you know, like, okay, so if there's something I don't see, it's in my blind spot, or I get closer and even deeper into my truth, you know. Mm. So, yeah, it started with that. And then I remember having a very traumatic relationship. It was uh, when I was 15 with this amazing, gorgeous man. He was absolutely oh like, beautiful. <laughs> he was actually a like model kind of thing and he was really good at chess, chess and mathematics. He was like this brilliant mind, very charming, all women, all How girls. He was three years older than okay. me, almost four. He was like, he was, he was yeah, quite a, quite a considerable um, yeah. difference but anyways I remember all the girls they were like oh my god he's so amazing so beautiful and I was like oh, whatever when I'll, you, you'll be with him if you want to because he's he's a nutter you know he's hard work so he we, we started to have this like classic narcissist um, savior relationship so he was an absolute manipulative narcissist and I was the person trying to fix him and save him and have Wow, yeah, that's such a young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and cool. it was, it went for years. So that was another layer of suppression because obviously a narcissist will st stop. Yeah, he was stopping me uh, from going out and like meeting friends and, and getting dressed up and looking pretty. He was like, oh, well, you don't need this stuff. You know, like you don't have to do this. Mm. And he was very manipulative, like mm. always inserting this idea that everybody was my enemy, you know, because narcissists, they do see everybody as their enemies. So I was like super open and like super free and happy. And I was like, oh no, they've got an agenda. There's something behind that. And no, 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 all this kind of stuff. And because I just didn't want to have the hustle, I kind of let it happen, you know, I allowed, I allowed this whole situation to happen and, and just like not have hustle with him. But obviously that can't go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> so it came one day when I realized that I was just giving him my power, Oof. thinking, <laughs> thinking that he has the power and I couldn't see my power, yes. you know. Dude, this is so big, like it's so yeah. big and in relationships as well, yeah. like constantly seeking approval from somebody yeah. else. Yeah. I feel like this yeah. is like a huge lesson for it all is, of us. It is, and because he was beautiful and smart mm. and he was putting me down a lot, mm. suppressing me a lot saying like, oh, you're, you're, you know, your social skills are not great and, you know, you're not that cool and, you know, you have to, whatever. He was, whatever, he was like literally making me very small. So well, he also had this like grand door, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's massive, amazing, shibanzing, you know, human. And I was just, not, and I was asking, he was like, well, if you have so many things that you don't like about me, why? But he was telling me that is my love, yeah? Because what I was really good at was like really having the patience and the love 
Yeah, of course. You know, and that's what he wanted. And that's, that's why he didn't have. I feel like that those two types of people can easily find their way yeah. to each other because of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But obviously it was very toxic. Yeah, it was extremely, extremely How toxic. How long did that last? He went for a couple of good years. The, the good part was like he was overseas, so we weren't mm -hmm. living together. So it was more like a distance. But still. Kind of thing. It was horrendous, <laughs> yeah. like horrible, yeah? Like calling me all the time, messaging me all the time. Where are you? What are you doing now? All this kind of like yeah, persecutor, <laughs> victim kind of thing. And then I just, one day, I remember I was just sitting there. So this happened, I think it was like 1920. And I was just like sitting, sitting on this couch. 1920? Yeah, I went for a couple of years. Huh? I was 20 years old. I'm sorry. I was like, <laughs> not, not, not in 1920. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but well, we'll, get, well, we'll get to the etern eternal part. <laughs> I know, that's what I was like, is she talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about future now. <laughs> So yeah, I was just like sitting there and I was like, how can I get out of here? You know, how can I escape this? Because he was also um, saying that if I, if I, if I break up with him, he's going to do something really crazy and mm. you know, he's going to hurt me or he's going to hurt himself or all these wow. things. And I was like, well, definitely I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah. And if worse comes to worse, then that will be it. You know, whatever it takes for me to get out of this situation, then I'll do it. And I just, I just decided to actually start living my life. So I went one day and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to this uh, massage therapy course. And I started to study massage therapy and reflexology. I was already at the university. I applied for biology. Don't know why, but I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. And the more I was taking my power back, the less he would um, yeah. upset me and yeah. the less he would like, he would have like kind of calming down and all this kind of things. And one day I was like, okay, so basically all this image that he was expressing, it was, it was an illusion, it was fake, you know? And also I was deluded yeah. thinking that he was in his power and he has any power over me. Yeah. And one day I just packed my bags when he wasn't home, at home. Literally. So wait, now you were in the same country? We were, we were living together, we are at university uh, by now, by this point. So this was the first year of us living together. But he was older, so was he? Yeah, he was, he was older. But was he at university? Yeah, he was. We're both students. Oh, okay. So one day I just took, took my suitcases. I called my mum and I was like, yo, I've got loads of stuff in this flat. I was having loads of things in there. And I was like, I'm just taking my essentials. Come next week and put everything. Wow, what did your mum say? She was like, oh my God, took you a long while, man. <laughs> my really? mum was desperate. Wow. Oh, she was ecstatic. She was like, this is the best oh. thing that ever happened to me. My parents were desperate because Thank he you. was suppressing me and I have this amazing personality yes. that wanted to be so expressive yeah. and doing amazing things in life and instead I was like a very suppressed, yeah. tired and depressed human being yeah. and I was like, man, this doesn't, doesn't really go with their ideal of how... And my parents knew me, they knew how they brought me up, you know, mm. I was like, happy, I was just happy. And yeah, and that was it. And from that point... Obviously, I uh, went into another relationship, but that's not absolutely relevant. The relevance came when I just started to just question everything. I was, I think I was like 23, 24, and I was studying biology. 
and not much from this you know um, area of expertise was making sense to me I used to love oh, wow. genetics so I was like really into genetics and molecular biology and I was just learning about it but what was very beautiful it was I was studying the biology of seven species so it was cat dogs cows uh, human beings and like they like different species it was part of like the vets uh, university program so the first three years of biology they were exactly the same ones the same kind of curriculum that um, future uh, vet doctors will study <clears throat> and I was just like studying about this you know evolutionary theories and Darwinian things I'm like wow like, this doesn't make sense to me you know like it must be something more to this and the way they were looking at a, like a being, yeah, you go in the lab and then you cut the frog, yeah, to know the frog, but mm. actually, do you know the frog? Like, mm. it would have been the same as me coming now and mm. trying to cut your head to mm. know you, who is Jess, you know? Yeah. Do I find the, the explanation oh, yeah. there? It's, yeah. it's not, you know, it was so much more. And I was like, okay, so there's something more to this yeah. rather than the physicality, yeah. you know, this deeper and who is making all these things move. Because obviously I was understanding from a biological perspective how fl flowers will you know take the water from from the ground and the sun and photosynthesis and like i was going to produce all sorts of things but who is making who's doing this yeah. who is making my heart pump so yeah. i started to read all sorts of stuff and i remember yeah. i was um i was living in this in the campus in the university campus and Everybody was calling me Dexter because I was like obsessed with this laboratory. Exactly, <laughs> like going online and you know uh, reading about EMF and extraterrestrials and you know what happens on other planets and and then they were drinking, smoking and partying and I was like, yo, I discovered this thing, like check this out, and nobody was like, <laughs> they were like. Here she is again. Yeah, yeah, the minute of, they, they, they used to tell me minute of science. It's like, everybody, now is the minute, one minute of science. Georgie is like on the decks. And obviously, it was never a minute. And I remember everybody oh, around me, they were smoking, including my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, why are these people like so caught up in this, mm. in this, uh, how do you call them, addictions? Yes. Yeah. I was like everybody was drinking yeah. and smoking and I didn't really have an uh, inclination to do yeah. that and that was the point when I started to question the human psychology, you know, mm -hmm. the human psychic. It was like why everybody looks like they're doing the same thing and they're always kind of agreeing on the same mm. things, you know. Yeah. And everybody that's different is kind of expelled from, you know, I was feeling yeah. alone and yeah. and yeah, just outside outside the box. So I couldn't figure out. I was say, did I, you get any answers with that? <laughs> yeah, because I started to do the same. So I started smoking, I started wow. drinking, I started partying, I started trying different substances. And I was like, I need to get to the bottom of it. It's like, why is it so special? What's so special about all this stuff? So I remember I had like one year, maybe two years mm. of smoking a lot, drinking coffee a lot, partying a lot. I was really lucky. Most of my friends, they're bartenders. And mm. everywhere I was going, like literally, I had free alcohol yeah, yeah. in all these places, <laughs> like that, Georgie. But I was bringing a lot of joy, and I was like dancing yeah. and making everybody feel like really 
uh, comfortable, you know, because it was this, this always this feeling of we have to look somehow or we have to present ourselves in a way to be accepted and I didn't really care about that. I'm like, I'm just going to be whoever I am and if you like me or not, that's your problem. Mm. So, especially my boyfriend, because I didn't understand why he was such an incredibly intelligent person, yeah, like brilliant mind, but he had this moments of, of, of beautiful connection and stillness and then he was going to this like really dark mm. places of depression mm. and he, he kind of lived his life lifeless you know like in a way that he didn't have energy to do things or he, mm -hmm. he didn't have any motivation and I was like oh isn't that really sad and yeah. really paradoxical to witness somebody that has such a brilliant mind and also no desire or no drive to do anything or not much with that yeah and I could see that in so many other people because they're very distracted they're very distracted by the environment, their friends, their belief systems, their addictions, and all these bits. And I was like, wow, this yeah. doesn't really sit well with me. Especially at university. Yeah. That's like a big time. Yeah. So mm. I was basically doing my exper the experiments, yeah. And I remember I had um, this moment in my life when I, I thought I'm losing it. I was like, that's it. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. <laughs> I remember I was living on this in this flat with I had two flatmates and it was by the river. Guess what? Always water. Oh, no. like, always <laughs> the water was around me. So I was getting, you know, outside on the balcony and literally just in front of the balcony was this beautiful river. And I was sitting there all day and I was questioning life and the universe and all these kind of things. And I started to just like ramble you know and i was really kind of in tune with all sorts of energies and my friend was like oh my god like she's she's crazy we need to check her out really so we had a very good friend which is a psychiatrist so yeah. they called this dude it was like yo come here georgie is not okay she there was this was 2012 i remember this was 2012 i i, I still didn't remember yeah i was feeling like oh god like what is going on you can here? get so lost in that I was lost in it, 100% I was lost in it, yeah? It's crazy man, but the universe is just so vast and there's so many unanswered questions, it's ridiculous. And I was reading so much and it was just like massive stream of information. Yeah. And yeah. then what do I know, you know, I, it wasn't yeah. like direct experience, so yeah. it was just some information, it was coming from all directions yeah. and I just needed to know and I was like, oh my god, and, and the more I, I was this uncovering mm. the loss, the, the feeling of being lost was expanding, you know, it was like, yep. I don't actually know a thing and now this is kind of confusing and it yeah, kind of clash, yeah, yeah. clashes with the other thing and I was like, what was going to happen now? I feel like that's happening now as well, Yes. COVID, yes. like all this yes. information, it's like, whoa, what's going yeah. on? But guess yeah. what, now if we look back, yeah. how many people that had this awakening in 2012? Loads. Oh yeah. Like yeah, I don't know if you remember your yeah. If I don't I don't know if you remember your 2012 yeah. yeah. But my biggest awakening was in 2012. So I uh, they they took me to the psychiatrist and wow. then he tested me. He hypnotized me. He did all his stuff. He was like, she's fine. She's totally fine. I I I think she's just an explorer. She's a seeker. So he gave me a book, and the wow. book was the power of now. 
as if you also agreed to go to the i mean like he was our friend so uh, he was coming over anyway okay, okay it was like no way to escape got it, got it. but I, I i just wanted to do it i was like of course test yes, me do whatever you like know you said, absolutely i it. i somehow yeah and the beauty and what i am absolutely grateful and is oh my god like my whole life um it was worth living for one thing the fact that i trust myself 100 percent. so even in those moments when i was completely lost yeah absolutely lost this is huge (laughs) isn't it it was this thing even when i was in the relationship with that like very traumatic yes it was there is a reason there's a reason there is a reason and also the thing is as well by that like even your friend said you need to get checked here there's something going on here from the outside it can look like you're going but you had this some kind of stillness right yes i feel like that's so important and it's like how do you find that it is well i yeah i don't know to be honest i wish i could have like the formula for that but what i can say now yeah where i'm at now Yeah. yeah it feels like if i would not have this trust i could easily lose my mind even this moment Mm. knowing what I'm knowing and mm. knowing what I know because damn this is huge damn, like, it's huge my whole life was this training yeah of trusting yeah trusting myself so I've been lost so many times and I hit the rock bottom yeah when when I wanted to literally leave this planet and I was like I'm, I'm just done I can't do this anymore you know so I was actually thinking about it just you know taking my own life I'm was like, this when you were in the relationship it was then yeah yeah it was it happened then uh, at that point twice but also i just had like little glimpses of this thought yeah until i think it was 2015 i think 20 that i had it like but every single time i was going through this massive shift yeah this thought would have appeared at some point it was always coming through yeah Which at thought? some point this one that i don't want to be here anymore because okay, yeah, it's yeah. too hard yeah, yeah? So I read that book. And oh, the power of now. I was in this moment of stillness, yeah, mm-hmm. that lasted a year. Just for a year, I was just in this mm-hmm. still. Oh my god, place. I love that he gave you that book. Yeah, yeah. He was like, forget about everything. This is what he told me in psychiatrist. Oh, I love this. This is your new Bible. Yeah. Because I was incredibly agitated. Yeah, I was incredibly agitated. I was. It was this thing inside of me that I was like oh my god what's going on and I needed to learn things and always absorbing information and then I think he he was really tuned in and he knew what I needed actually and also obviously the ego journey and making the ego our friend is never easy yeah so that book I remember reading it I was like it's like this can't be true you know I was reading the book and it really tackles the ego and I was like, yeah. this can't be true and I, I really felt like I'm dying and parts of me they're dying while reading that book yeah and I was yeah, like, oh yeah, my yeah, god yeah. this yeah. is terrible like all the things I've done they're wrong all the things I think about they're wrong people you know like like it was just mind-boggling it's like it's so amazing that and a book can do that yeah, yeah 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 and if you haven't read that book it's freaking good check it out <laughs> exactly check check that out it's it's just I was just I remember like it it took me months to finish the book because it was so dense and dense you know what's funny as well I feel like the book it just repeats it says the same thing as well 
but it needs to so that you can get it totally. like, so it sinks in. Totally. I was sometimes I was going twenty pages and I was like, I don't think I got that. Yeah. I was going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, all oh, right, yeah. okay. And then maybe some things were landing the next day or in a week. You know, I was reading some information and I wasn't really grasping it, like fully getting it, and then it was like landing after a while. I was like, oh, this is yes. what I was trying to say. I was like, all oh, right. Um, I think that's really good insight as well, just for what's happening now, because I think you still the same thing. You can get completely like, oh my god, this information and that and this and what's going on, and it's really unclear what's happening. Yeah. But I also have been remembered the power of now. It's just like yes. presence. Presence and this. If 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 you ask me now, I know that was a level of consciousness. You know, so that level of consciousness, which I didn't have at that moment, mm. needed that book. Yeah. But for example, mm. I'm not saying, oh my God, I'm so advanced now. I'm in life, know anything like that. But that um, specific. Uh, that specific teaching from that book became literally my everyday life now all the yes. time yeah it's a continuum yes yeah it's yeah, a continuous yeah. present moment the whole point now. is the, the book you don't just read it yes and, and then it, it ties really well in with this awakening this set like well, like a thousand awakening i had because probably you know how many sometimes i have awakenings within awakening within awakening in the same at the same time in the same in the one day you know kind of thing so that literally shifted my whole thing and it took me a year to kind of leave the country and come to the UK. So what do you mean by that? So I I stayed in that present moment for, for a year and then I, I dropped. So oh, there's another yeah. it was another dip, yeah? yeah. Because obviously I think it was a uh, it was a non embodied, it wasn't it wasn't an embodied, yeah. It was just the realization but it wasn't exactly. the actual actualization. Intellectual yeah? Exactly. So it was oh uh, yeah, like, I got yeah. it. Oh yeah, this is the moment and oh I'm not gonna judge yeah. people and blah blah, yes. blah 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 and I'm gonna take everything as it is and yeah. all this kind of stuff. But that is not actually doing the work. That yeah. means doing just the work. I understood the principle yeah. but it wasn't embodied, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. And life continuously through things, you know, I'm like, hello, take this, take this, take this, and yeah. how, how, like, it wasn't, it was impossible for me to sustain that. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, there are friends and, you know, op opinions and relationships happening and like all these dynamics. And I was like, okay, so it's not actually that easy. And no, th that's the whole point. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. And it's simple to understand, but it's not easy. Exactly. But this is the refinement process yeah. I was telling at the beginning. You know, this is the refining the process, <laughs> you know, to find the zero point, to find the unique frequency that holds me mm. in that still moment at mm. all times. Mm. No matter what comes my mm. way, I'm always, mm. always able to tap into that center. So, and if you reflect back previously, you were able to find it, but it was at like sometimes. I was, I was, I think it was, it was a, a it was a bypassing. It was definitely, but I was kind of inducing mean? the feeling. I was like, uh, I just know that uh, because of the explanations yes. and the teaching from the book, I just kind of knew what was going on. I was recognizing yeah. the situation and I was making a conscious decision yeah. to keep my zero point and to keep my presence. Yeah. yeah. But actually the charge and the trigger was there, but I was suppressing it. Yeah, because... Interesting. Yeah? Because they also say, like, 
you don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing. I wasn't being, yeah? Yeah. So I had the dip. I started to work with my dad. By that time, I was I graduated the second university. So I did business economics and then I did biology. And then by that time, I was I finished my master's degree. And it was just impossible to work with my dad. It was impossible. What, what were you doing? He was, uh, my parents, they're, they're like um, very beautiful human beings, very loving. And my dad always uh, educated me and supported me to really be free and, and, and express myself and mm -hmm. just go for the things I love. But at the same time, within his desires of how I should be and what okay. I should be doing. Yeah, so like you can do everything you want within this, this lines, you know, yeah. like I want you to succeed in that way and be that way so they, they they used to put a lot of pressure on me like loads of pressure they had their ideal yeah. you know of how and who yeah. i should be and what should i achieve Very and common. i was completely the opposite you know i was the absolute rebel that black like, man no. is that yeah. also why you studied biology maybe yeah, yeah 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 i did business economics because they wanted me to study that okay. and i did biology because i wanted to do it and uh, i loved it okay, okay i absolutely loved it and my mom i remember my mom she said what are you gonna do with biology you're gonna uh, live yeah. you're gonna you're gonna spend your life in a lab and you're gonna die and you're gonna maybe a biologist teacher and you're gonna you know i was like i said mom life is not about money you know it's about passion it's about things i want to do and love and stuff like that but they weren't weren't getting it but it's fine you know i'm glad i did it because so now two degree? Degree? yeah um, so i did the, those two and then i did a master degree in food management and food security which was horrendous because i had to go to this that's uh, wild factories you know to basically uh understand how they were producing our food and i was shocked i was like you must be kidding me like we this is still in romania yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like we can't eat this wow Oh. So I've been to this big factories of producing the most disgusting things there in our supermarkets, yeah, where they put like literally bags of powders and oh, additives and all sorts of nasty things. And I was like, I'm definitely not gonna sign sign for this crap to be on somebody's table. Like wow. no way. So I, I, I decided to go and work with my dad. It didn't work out. And after a very short period of time, I was desperate. I was like, that's yeah, it. What were you doing with that? He had like a transportation company. He was okay. like, yeah, he was like doing all sorts of like uh, trips yeah. and nationally and internationally. Okay. So I was like, oh my God, this is not going to work. So one day I went home. I went online and I decided, it's like, okay, what can I do? I couldn't get work and travel for the states i wanted to go to the states initially i was like i can't get work and travel because i'm not a student anymore mm -hmm. um and then i was like I, do, I don't even want to use my degrees to get a job i really want to go somewhere and start from zero and mm -hmm. actually get to know myself and what i can do because mm -hmm. i definitely didn't i didn't know what my power and what my resources are because I was just like such a rebel you know and everybody was thinking that or everybody was telling me what to do kind of thing. my parents were telling me what to do my friends were telling me what to do and I was like okay but what do I want and like what do I want to do mm -hmm. so I knew Italian I was fluent in Italian I knew sp sp Spanish but for whatever reason I just chose UK I was like oh, yeah. you know I'm like 
Maybe I can improve my English. That would be good, you know, handy. <laughs> would be a good thing in life. I was speaking this really broken American oh, really? English, like <laughs> horrendous, like Rihanna, oh, you know, Jay Z kind of thing, oh, like rap, so like stuff like that. And I just found this program, it was 2013, which the only way it was to have this exchange thing when you come and you look after children or like a kind of au pair, nanny, nanny kind of thing. So anyways, this was on Wednesday. I go online on this website and then this Lebanese family replies straight away. She was like, we need you now. Can we have a Zoom, Zoom call or like a Skype, Skype, thing, Skype, Skype. Skype thing? I was like, can we have a Skype? She's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I was like, okay, we really need you now. I was like, I mean, like, now, now. She was like, as soon as you can get here. So the next day, I bought my ticket. And then I flew here into the UK when I turned 27. Yeah, I didn't have any money. I didn't want to take any money from my parents. I had 200 pounds in my pocket and a suitcase with essentials. And basically, I started from zero with this mm. feeling of trust. Yeah, I mm. literally flew myself in this situation with no parachute i was like i'm just gonna jump and i have i have to trust mm. that i'm gonna land somehow mm. and from that point on like a massive journey of self-discovery actually it was this boot camp yeah wow. so seven years in the uk was proper proper boot camp for me facing all my limitations my my um you know it was the language barrier barrier because i wasn't speaking i wasn't speaking english at all you know like now if i look back i i didn't even know how i had the courage to even try to make it here somehow you know i was like it was like so i started to i had to learn english and then i i started from zero i didn't have a work permit or anything like that so i did everything from pizza delivery cleaning toilets and cleaning houses and working for british british car auctions actually working with cars and um they took me at the office so at the office i started to just like work a lot on the computer entering data and like doing customer service and this is how I kind of like trained myself to understand different dialects and different different accents in english and and like kind of get to know the language because I was always interacting with people but what I've noticed really quickly was that what was um, helping me a lot it was my personality mm. rather than my knowledge I you know that. it wasn't necessarily my knowledge it wasn't necessarily how good I was um, shit with mathematics for example and I always said people I'm like if you are asking me to calculate things yeah. <laughs> it's not going to turn out really well but I'm really good with people yeah, yeah. so I'm definitely really good with people and I came to London after like a year or two, and since then I lived in London. So I, I went. So you were in somewhere else in the UK. Yeah, wow. I was. I was in Surrey. Oh wow. Well. Yeah, and obviously I had a completely different lifestyle. In Romania, I had loads of money. My parents they were quite solid, <laughs> you know. They were not necessarily wealthy, wealthy, but they're like upper middle class to having quite enough money to, I don't know, I was doing my nails all the time, my hair, I was having amazing clothes, I was driving a fancy car, I was like, oh, like Romanian life. life, going on holidays and all these bits and bobs, I was living the dream, you know. I love it. And then I came here doing pizza delivery, you know, yeah. I didn't even have like a, a good place to buy clothes, but I didn't, I didn't have the money to buy the clothes, yes. I was being paid 
peanuts. Yeah. Like peanuts. And you had a degree as well, two degrees. So. Yeah, and I didn't want to do I could have converted them and I like, go for like higher jobs, but I was like, no, like I I didn't have work experience because I, I graduated, I worked for my dad for a couple of months and I decided to go. So anyways, it would have been almost impossible for me to get a proper job, like a good job. Yeah, it would have been an internship kind of thing, yes. which didn't really make the difference by me getting a crappy job, anyways, and anywhere and just start totally. learning slowly. Yeah. So, but I knew that was part of my journey as well. Yeah. yeah. Because that was a massive refinement when it comes to what money is, what the value of the money is, you know, what it means for me to receive money from my parents and just have this constant cash flow, you know, that I was using all the time to self-validate my, you know, to validate myself or to get validated by other people. And I could see like parts of my ego thinking that somehow I'm better than the others, you know, or being really frustrated because I had more than the others, you know. There were many times when I wanted to like, let's go out for dinner, or, like let's go to this party. And then I could see people's frustration and limitation around money so while I was doing it I was making it easier for them being a people pleaser and actually pay for them yeah so I had to learn all this money dynamics yeah how I people please how I feel when I have money when I don't have money what money means to me you know what it takes and it was a very very beautiful journey because I ended up living in Knightsbridge uh, here in London just by Harrods, like literally I was wow. walking the Harrods Tower in this gorgeous flat um, and I had the opportunity to be in presence of, I don't know, Qatari royal family let's say or Stevie Wonder or Sonique or Lindsay Lohan or Theo James or the, from Divergent or I don't know, Chelsea football team or Manchester United or Arsenal London or something like that because the, the the place I was living in, um, I was sharing with a friend and her boyfriend had this restaurant and it was really famous around all these actors, okay, yeah, music yeah. producers, yeah, like loads of them, yeah. loads of them. So I was constantly going to that restaurant and constantly around the circles of super influential people. But it was it was all very dry and very yeah. sad, you know. Yeah. And again, wow, you saw it all. <laughs> yeah, so I could see the differences, the polarities of this yes. world, you know, and yes. to actually see what actually what, what what's the depth in here, you know, and it was very interesting, you know, to to observe the the the, the luxury and and you know all this um, entitlement of like who am I when I have money and my frustration of like feeling really small and like not having enough and I was like you know it's just like an average human being trying to you know to get my and, and people were judging me also for what I had yeah so it was really difficult for me but it was incredibly beautiful and powerful at the same time to hold my ground and not to buy into the illusion this world you know with this like flashy uh, I've been to BAFTA movie awards kind of things you know like some people I was like hanging out with their like actresses and actors and stuff like that how did you like end up in Icebridge? 
Well, my friend, you know, one of my best friends from uni, the one, I, the one to send me to the psychiatrist, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> she lived with her boyfriend at the time and he was the one that had all this network. So what we were doing was like hanging out, me and her, in his restaurant pretty much. Um, yeah, so it was a, a very, 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 very interesting time, yeah. So to go from here to there and like see, like, see these two worlds you know and um so that was the moment when i decided that i can't be bought you know and mm -hmm. also that was the moment when i decided that there's so much more than life than mm -hmm. i really thought because there was a part of me that was looking for um for this need to make it in life you know like yeah to be somewhere it's programming to be, i think a exactly. lot of us have that absolutely oh my god and especially me coming from an ex-communist country you know yeah. like really suppressed oppressed yes. highly religious uh, everything is a sin there's no freedom to express yeah. in any way shape or form you know there's a lot of shame there's a lot of guilt uh, there's a lot of like black mentality and all this kind of thing so for me it was absolutely incredible because the only my path and knowing my worth came through me having these experiences and i'm so grateful like so so grateful when i look back it was like wow like the, the, the you know source the universe could not give me a bigger bigger opportunity and and playground to a learn. playground to learn you know it was it was fantastic so london is London. The illusion, the illusion of London, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be in central, you know, and I had this thing, like, I'm in central London, you know, I was working in Mayfair at that time, I was working in Mayfair, living in Knightsbridge, mingling around all these kind of people, I was like, okay, wow, this is stunning, you know, it's just like this beautiful place full of opportunities, I was dreaming that I'm going to, you know, become somewhere huge and someone huge and I'm going to like, accomplish things and then something was off so something was really off and the i was energy like is off. the energy is off but inside of me I was like i don't really want this stuff yeah so again yeah. see that moment of honesty i had to be honest yeah. like really honest i was like i don't want this stuff i yeah. don't want the money i don't want the fame i just want to live i just wanted to live you know and enjoy life and just be happy not using substances you know not drinking or taking drugs or any of these things you know it's like it must be somewhere more to life and i was like really craving for human connection to be honest because it was yes, very in that world it's yeah it was very different. um it was this feeling of separation you know? yeah so there was competition as well yeah. such a big competitive scene yeah and sometimes i find it really it can be quite hard to just have like a real conversation yeah yeah it was so superficial yeah. so superficial <laughs> so my best friends doing books you know and internet and stuff like that. They were what? Books. Like I was reading a lot. Oh, like, your best friends were books. Yeah, when, <laughs> when I wasn't with people, I was just like reading. But at the same time, it was very beautiful to observe myself mm. while I was interacting with the people. Yeah, and actually doing my processing, um, which is part of of who I am and what I do now. I rarely meditate now. I don't. Obviously, I like to just be still. Yeah, but it's not. It's not this like. I have to or there's a need to yeah it's just be like i just want to still myself for mm. a moment just for the sake of stillness mm. but my biggest realizations are actually happening in interactions and in observation and in in the times of active observation yeah so i always mm. observe 
I'm oh, yeah. alert in a way, but, but it's not overwhelming. It's just I think I developed this ability and this capacity to keep my awareness yeah. always I sharp. I think that's what I was going to mention. It's like the thing about what you're describing, it sounds like for you, the lessons are in life. It's, it's very yes. much I'm learning as I'm going here. Yes. What's happening. Yes. Because I've been on this path where mm. I discovered Tibetan Buddhism at yes. some point, yeah? Yeah. So I found this beautiful center in London, and I was like, okay, I need to go deeper into spirituality. And by that point, I was like, all right, like, I have to go for it, yeah? Yes, let's so see. What's let's see about? what happens. <laughs> so I started to do this, like, silent meditation thing, boom, seven, seven days, noble silence, boom. And um, doing my mantras, and going every week, doing my chanting thingy, and all this, but it, it was never like I, I looked into you name you name it you name whatever you want like think about it like gene keys human design astrology aging Tibetan so Buddhism uh, shamanism I've done all of them yeah energy healing massage reflexology neuroplasticity I had a uh, a course of neuroplasticity with a lady in Chelsea literally reprogramming my brain yeah i was looking into the biology of belief when nobody knew about it. bruce lipton he was like well, what are you talking about i was obsessed with epigenetics i was trying to explain to people you know how can we change things but nobody was like on the same page with me so i i've done all these things but for whatever reason i wasn't sticking like i i couldn't stick to anything it was always this thing it's like there's more there's more there's more there is more, you know, like, and it, it felt like, to me, it felt like it was against something that I needed to do. You know, I needed to sit down, yeah. I needed to do my mantras, because if I yeah. don't do my mantras, then karma is going to bite my ass. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, well, there's, there's a loss of power in that, you know, it's like, if I'm going to believe that if I'm not doing my mantras then karma gonna take over me you know I was like why do I have to keep doing things to kind of improve my life is it through yeah. this kind of actions is this the truth so yeah it's this never-ending spiral exactly it's like, this never-ending spiral of like needing to do things and needing to learn things and also with the healing thing god gosh there's just no end to it because if it's not my traumas from this lifetime, then it's going to be another thousands, millions of lifetimes, plus my ancestors and my parents oh, yeah. and my grand, 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 you know, and then maybe my cosmic roots from God knows what star star system I came from. I was like, where does it stop? Where does it stop? Where does it stop? Yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So I started to just go and go everywhere, yeah? Mm. It was this thing in me, you and it was, in. it was like frustrating. <laughs> it was like searching and searching and searching. Yeah. It was really frustrating yeah. because everybody I met then, basically from this like really shallow, you know, society, I went mm. into this like deeply spiritual, Deep, like, yeah. Poof, like yeah. practitioners, like five years into Tibetan Buddhism, like 10 years of shamanism, drinking shitloads of plant medicine, you know, like I'm coming with my shakapa and I'm going to, you know, exercise you and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, wow. oh my God. And in my, <laughs> in my being, I was like, oh my God, like I'm so behind. This is the only idea that was like, 
I um, know nothing. These guys are. Yeah. These guys are amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like behind, yeah. and like holy shit, I need to take a decision and follow that path. So now I went in this like spiral of finding my path. What do I want to do? So I studied Tibetan Buddhism, then I went to Bali and I discovered Hinduism. And I was like, oh my god, this sounds cooler, you know, like Hinduism, Kirtan thing. Lakshmi, Lakshmi. I was like, oh my god, this sounds fun, you know, like I don't have to see like this is being boring, you know, I can do this oh thing. My god, I love it. But then there were like too many gods, and I was like, okay, there's Lakshmi, there's Saraswati, and there's this and that and that and that, and they had the battles, you know, and Ramanayana, Ramanahana, and I was like, Jesus Christ, you know. I was upset with I was obsessed with Jesus because Jesus let me down, you know. And my 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 religion yes. is Christian, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Orthodox. Yeah. So when I had the boyfriend thing, before that I thought I'm really good friends with God. I considered my friend my my best friend was God, yeah. And then shit happened, and I was like, okay, you're an asshole now. <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't like you anymore. So I I just I broke my connection with with yes. God, yeah? yeah, because yeah. I thought that he let me down. Yeah. And oh my god, this is, is so deep, this stuff. Like, this is super deep, but this is for another podcast. This is so deep. Anyway, so Why I was like. Connection with God. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's, Sorry, it's a sort of program in there. It's, it's, it's one of these like really juicy subjects. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and when, I, when I found these guys in Hinduism, I was like, oh my god, these are really cool. You know, like, these are cool. You can sing, you can dance to them, they are, you know, you can have like a party with them. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this, this route now. And Jesus is an asshole, anyways. You know, he, he, was, he wasn't supporting me when I needed him the most, you know. And um, obviously, I didn't stick with Hinduism either. It just didn't work out. And I was like, okay, that's it, shamanism. <gasps> shamanism knows it all. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. I have power animals, spirits all over me, inside me, outside me. I was like, that's it, this is the way. Boom. And then, obviously, that's a bottomless pit as well. This doesn't, it never ends. And it's like, well, who has the truth? I was like, well, who has the truth? Yeah. Everybody knows, thinks that they have the truth. Yeah? Yes. But where is my truth? Is there a truth yes. that's mine? Yes. There's a universal truth. Where is it? And everyone's going around spreading their truth. Yes, yes. And then there's also this uh, constant um, thing I could see in people to try to get you on their side. Yes. You know, constant. oh, come here. Shamanism is the best, or shamanism is the most amazing. And then the other one's like, oh, you know, but like our teachings in whatever, whatever, and my lineage. My lineage is the best in the world, you know, bomb bomb. I was like, yo, how do I know? How do you know? Mm. Somebody told you, yeah? You, you had teachers and masters and stuff like that, and like also this hierarchical, hierarchical thing, you know, with yeah. like teachers and masters yeah. and guru. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yo, why the hell? I'm not Saint Georgie, you know, like, hello, I want to self proclaim myself, you know, God, that's it. I'm self proclaiming. St. Georgie, yeah? yeah? And I want loads of people to come around me, yeah. just me to speak to them and spark their consciousness and everybody around me is going to cook for me and I'm going to tell them exactly what to do and how to live their life and I'm going to speak a lot of nonsense and actually I'm not giving any answer to anybody because a true master actually allows you to find your own truth but 
well, you know, is that the right thing or not? You know, I was like, it's, it's too much. And I was like, you know what, I'm like, that's it, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. And guess what happened? Lockdown came. So this was the whole... Wow. I was going to say, this brings us to like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This happened like throughout the years, you know, yeah. like going here and there and like yeah, yeah. trying different things. But one very important aspect... Uh, lockdown hit. <laughs> very important aspect before the lockdown, there's one thing I did right. I mean, like everything was right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely everything was amazing. It was on point. But one thing that actually changed my life yeah. was my mind body connection yeah so before on, anything else <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> where i found my true liberation mm -hmm. was within my body yeah for whatever reason um <laughs> not for whatever reason actually what happened say, what because happened? okay so uh, it was my uh traumas yeah, mm. my my traumas mm. that generated emotional eating. I was like uh, food. Uh, yeah. Actually, you know, I didn't have the other addictions like alcohol, cigarettes, yes, and stuff. But, but I was food addict. Yeah? yeah. So I had hormonal imbalances. I I was sick. Nobody was able to fix me. Um, I had all sorts of like literally serious serious health issues this is from when this was so, this started to happen when i was 12. okay yeah so okay, it cool. was a, a long journey of also healing myself physically during this whole time so it was even harder for me because i had to deal with reality and also with the outside world but also i had to deal with my inside world including my physical body which was not yes. cooperating so i was i was on a journey of self-healing because obviously uh, medicine yeah. and biology even yeah. though i studied it it didn't make a lot of sense to me you know yeah. like nutrition what, what i've learned in nutrition class it didn't make much sense to me like oh eat carbs because you know eat carbs is going to give you energy i was like that's really bad you know like 80 percent of my energy our energy is used by the digestive system and you're giving me like heavy fats proteins and carbs to produce energy that's going to consume my energy doesn't make any sense you know so i had to go on like a really really deep route of self-healing through natural ways yeah like just natural ways and because of me not feeling well it kind of forced me to pay attention to my body i liked it or not mm -hmm. i had to pay attention to my body you know? yeah so that was what I was eating, how I was feeling, and I could see these patterns, you know, like how everything that I was doing, including drinking water, sleeping, the way I was moving, and everything I was eating was literally generating biochemical havoc mm -hmm. or biochemical peace and rest in my body. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then I just realized that some foods I was eating, they had almost the same effect on me as a drug yeah let's say cheese will have the same effect as a line of cocaine you know it was giving me this high yeah. and this addiction it was like keep going back to it so it was this journey yeah. of getting my power back this is big as well because it's, it's all conditioning you just yes. eat and you don't think about what you're eating and yeah. then you start to realize how it affects you yes yes and i was like wow why well, can't control my habits my eating habits you know yeah why is this so deep it was so so deep i was like wow i can't believe that i have zero power yeah 
over my own body. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was inhabiting this machinery, this like in super intelligent technology, and I had no idea how to run the show. You know, like the the the, the chemistry of my body was running the show instead of my consciousness running the show and I was like wow so I was judging all these people they're like lost in their addictions but I was as lost in my addiction which was food yeah so the only absolutely incredible thing I've done in the last couple of years was really fine-tuning what I'm actually putting in my body how I'm treating my body how I'm loving my body I wasn't I was I used to hate myself yeah I didn't like myself I couldn't look in the mirror I didn't like my body and on top of that I wasn't healthy yeah and I was like wow you know and and how do I do this yeah so because my desire of feeling well and healthy was stronger than all the 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 obstacles because especially my friends are like oh let's have a glass of wine oh let's have this pizza you know but what I've learned was my personal power like literally my willpower it came to me for me personally in this journey of healing my body because if I would not have the courage and the the strength to say no to things I would never ended up healing myself it would have been impossible because I was giving my power to people in situations and having the pizza and going out and having the drink and all this kind yeah, of stuff. So easy to do. It's so easy to do, you know, especially because I needed the drink to loosen up and have fun because that was the conditioning. Yeah, you drink, the conditioning. you know, you, you feel good yeah. and, and, and basically you don't really know who, you, who yeah. you are, what you're doing and everybody's doing the same and if you're not doing the same then you're not cool. And people are going to feel uncomfortable. Like, you, you, then you notice this thing that nobody is actually, uh, when you say like, sorry, I'm not eating sugar or like, sorry, I don't drink coffee. Oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, literally. Why are you not drinking? I'm like, yeah. oh my God. You know? Are you okay? Why are you are not okay? It's like, what? It's like, it's like, oh, so it's a bad thing not to drink or not to eat something that's not yeah. really healthy or isn't see the conditioning it's backwards but look at the world you know like everybody gets together around drinking environments and parties and and clubs and 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 all this kind of like now is not as it used to be you know back in the days when i was having this journey it was like 100 like that now there are beautiful places where people they get together actually have proper conversations but conversation but back in the days this wasn't happening you know it, it was something unheard of it was very rare <laughs> i saw this quote the other day that i'm just remembering it now it's, it was something like when i realized that i started to be really healthy looking after myself loving myself but everyone started to like shame me and yeah like, inevitably and then he's like that's when i realized that you know, we're living in a death cult. Yeah, well, absolutely. We are living in a death cult. But Trust. look, and like, it's so distorted. Yeah, it's so distorted. I was looking at the menu, like uh, I had a menu yesterday. Somebody <laughs> was presenting me some CBD cocktails. Check this out. Yeah, and this is next next level. Boom, boom. This is new biohacking. You know, like these guys, like they do biohacking things and like, they are trying to find the healthiest things from yeah. shit things. Yeah. So it's this CBD cocktail menu and then the name was Sex on the Beach. Sexy, blah, 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 bloody martini. Look at how deep, you know, is this uh, sexual um, distortion, yeah? 
that's happening in the world yeah it's just so so deep like and i keep saying about this how conditioned we are yeah, not only to the things that we need our basic needs yeah but also our sexuality is so distorted mm, yeah so 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 distorted and so manipulated and it's uh it, all the crap it's normalized as an example like like it didn't even click to me like this this uh, relationship in between alcohol and sex yeah people they get together they drink and they you know they have sex bang, bang. And, and then the next day i'm like oh who are you or kind of thing i'm like how unconscious that is yeah yeah when so is true. the biggest power in the universe yeah yeah it's the creative force you know and then it's so distorted yeah the yeah. other day in Berkeley Square, yeah, is this woman body naked, yeah, sitting like that on like a, on a like a very sexy position with a rabbit head, and I was like, come on guys, it's like in our face, yeah, yeah the normalization of the yeah. sexual distortion is in our freaking face, yeah, and 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 in all our pain body is triggered. Guess what? In relationship with basic needs, in relationship with sexual desires, yeah. And what I've learned, yeah, before actually getting to this point where I'm now, is this connection with the, the, the okay, my body. Yeah. It saved me. Mm, like, nice. like, to me, I could forget about meditation, I could forget about any practices, like the best practice for me is literally getting to know my body because mm. this tool here mm. is the most powerful thing mm. first of all mm. this is the, the 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 vessel in which consciousness lives mm. yeah the consciousness yeah. where is what does it what, what is it you know it kind of it is in my body yeah and then it's so intelligent mm. that to me now i don't even need to think about things the body's on mm. gonna answer it knows when i have to sleep how much i have to yeah. sleep yeah. what's my what my rhythm yeah how much do i have to eat when i have to eat what choices i have to make i, I should make in life the body gives me the yeah. answer to that yeah dude this is it's like uh, the best compass yeah. ever it's like absolutely 100 percent accurate yeah if i meet a person and my body like crunches like this i'm like yo you know and with all my love there's no separation but the energetics of it is like mm -mm, this is not for me or let's say i have to go to a place and my body's like oh, i don't like it there there's a reason mm -hmm. and i listen yeah so i listen and because of this practice of knowing my body healing um my body and like all, all the diseases i had and all like this this food addiction and and stuff like that when the lockdown came mm. i was in a in another period of intense um search yeah again i was like doing 100,000 million courses online tantra thing manifestation <laughs> crazy things you know, like 21 days for blah 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 rewiring your dna whatever you know all this crap and then i had like piles of books which we're gonna burn in a minute <laughs> yes Love so i had these piles of books like so many books and i was like oh my god like i need to know i need to know stuff i need to know i need to know and i was mega inspired to hire a coach 
from Amsterdam. She's incredible, incredible, incredible. And when we had our first interaction uh, and our first meeting, she was like, my invitation is for you to stop everything. Mm. And I was like, what? Mm. It's like, stop everything. Mm. And I was like, how can I stop everything? I've got £4,000 in courses, another £3,000 in books, and not enough time to read all this information and get to know what. Mm. <laughs> I don't even know what I was looking for. I was looking for a truth, and I was looking for myself, kind of thing, still. Which, and I thought I found myself so many times, but it was still lots to uncover, yeah? And she was like, where is your wisdom? You are part of the one unified creator you know like you are part of the creation you're part of the the, the the source yeah you are an expression of the source isn't that true i was like yeah yeah it is true you know and and do you have the wisdom like can you see how you have the p potential and i was like yeah but i'm i'm not good enough mm. you know i'm not good enough like everybody knows better than me you know they have these careers and specialization in this and in that and i never i know i was never able to stick to somebody you know i felt really incomplete yeah it was this feeling of absolute incompletion so she was like just stop and see what happens so that moment that day i after that coaching session i said like you know what um uh but it wasn't even lockdown so i'm just gonna trust and surrender. If there's one thing I wasn't able to do until that point is actually to fully surrender. I was good at trust, getting mm. even better, you know, getting better with trust, but I wasn't surrendering. I feel like over the years I find through my relationship with surrender it just gets deeper and deeper. Yes, I was going against the tide, you know, I was yeah. like trying to do things yes. and not be yeah. and yeah all the other bits you know and i thought like okay i'm just like meditating but i was meditating for a reason i was meditating to mm. get you know to be peaceful and mm. to sink my hemispheres to lower my cortisol and go you know but i was happy at the same time but was still seeking you know i had the happiness and by that point i was loving myself and i was really happy with myself but i was still hungry for more mm. and then I was like, okay, I'm just gonna set this super strong intention to just connect with the source and with this infinite, infinite wisdom that it's if it's not inside of me, then I will trust and I will surrender, they will come to me. Mm. And then the lockdown came. Mm. And when the lockdown came, because I could see my patterns still trying to do things, yes. trying to run around and get, keep myself busy with other stuff, not books and courses, but other things. And the lockdown came. So guess what? I had no other place to go. Yeah. It's moment. Nowhere to be. No, everyone to, do. to. Yeah. And I had to sit. And I didn't necessarily sit aside meditation. I was having days when I was waking up, going on my rooftop, sitting in the sun, having a yeah. cup of tea. Yeah. I was I'm obsessed with the sun. I just love the sun. The yeah. sun is my best friend, it's my lover, it's my absolute supreme lover. <laughs> So I was having this love relationship with the sun, just going and speaking to the sun and singing to the sun, you know, like, oh yeah, oh God, it was so good. And I noticed that because the whole lockdown period, we, we had very sunny days, which was very unusual. It's never yes, happened before. I know, it's true. And I started to ask myself questions. I thought, oh, this is really interesting. So I was just like sitting there and sitting there and just like... Sometimes dancing, sometimes... No, most of the days I was actually waking up and moving my body, yeah? 
and then I started to receive information. Yeah, so I started to have all sorts of ideas. Keep the channel open. And I was like, whoa! And I started to have really intense dreams. Wow. And a lot of information was coming. You know, I was like, whoa! What's going on here? You know, like this is crazy. And I thought I'm losing my mind yeah. again and again and again and again. But again, like I remembered my vow, devotion to myself was that was like my mind body connection. I see it as a devotion to myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was always devoted to myself. Therefore, I was able to heal my body. Yeah, and the other, you know, parallel journey that was now was this surrendering, because the trust was already there, even if. I could feel that I could have even increased that muscle, you know, like uh, practice even more to to be even more in trust. But then the 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 thing that I wasn't doing, I wasn't surrendering. So I was like, okay, I just need to surrender. I just need to surrender and forget about everything I thought I knew and how life should look like. And this is something massive that's happening. Yeah, and before the lockdown in, in December 2019, I had this feeling, I was tapping into this energy of 2020. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be like a, a year where I have to go against all my fears. Mm. I could feel it, you know, and I never imagined the whole thing is going to be a pandemic, plandemic, a pandemic, <laughs> a pandemic, and it's going to take over the world and it's going to force everybody in silence. Yeah. And, in stillness and all these things like i i i was asking for a break you know i was asking for some sort of like slowing down and i never imagined it's going to come in this way shape or form and when i saw the magnitude of everything that was happening i was like okay and that fear i was tapping into it was deeply collective yeah yes a lot of fear that started to just bubble 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 and i was like whoa this is big so here we are, months after this pandemic, yes. um, and now I feel that it is literally the ultimate training, yeah, because for me it was constantly, constantly about surrendering, about surrendering to the unknown, about surrendering uh, and trusting the information I was receiving, yeah, because and I was absolutely amazed, amazed to witness this process mm. of realization through direct cognition, yeah? And trust that what I'm receiving is actually the right thing. It's the right thing for me, at least, you know, it's the, the yeah. truth that I was yeah. always looking for. So what, what, did that, what did you do with it? What, how did that, you know? So I had to sit with it because it's, it was so massive. Mm. And it was very hard for me, first of all, to put it in English. Yeah, mm. it's like I didn't have the English language mm. for it. So I started to, to question death. Yeah, and especially like doing shamanic work and like doing this shadow work and healing work and all this. I could see these patterns in people coming back, you know, and, and constantly healing themselves and uh, going up and down and, and I could see a lot of patterns that happened with the weather and then the seasons and cycles and rhythms and I just questioned everything and somehow I was receiving information um, related to my questioning and I was really amazed I was absolutely stunned like stunned 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 and um, it took me a while to like fully 
trust that what I was receiving was actually the truth, you know, like, and it was my truth. And it was something that it was beyond any of my previous, um, you know, um, experiences in the sense that it was just this deep connection with the source and it, it felt like I don't have to and I don't need to go anywhere else in between mm. me and the source. Finally! So <laughs> nothing else mattered, you know? It was no need for my tantric pursuits, it was no need for learning this system or that system or getting to know myself through that way. There were beautiful tools, you know, up to a point, but then there was still me giving me giving my power away, yeah? Waiting for some astrology chart to tell me what I need to do and what I need to do it, you know, or buying into this like new moon, full moon, planetary movement. It's such deep programming that's happening. If I'm listening to somebody that's like, oh, there's Mercury retrograde, there's Mercury retrograde right now, as I think. I, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking it is, it is, yeah. yeah. It's uh, astrology wise, it's my ruling planet, and I'm doing a podcast. Do you know what I mean? Can you see? Mm. Otherwise, other people are like, oh, it's not the time for a podcast now. Mm. I have to wait for this to finish. Like, all these limitations, mm. all this, like... And of course, there's no flow in that. There's no pos possible, like, flow, yeah? If, if there's, 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 there's always these limitations that are coming from all sorts of systems and stuff like that. But what I uncovered is, is much deeper and that's like probably a subject for a whole podcast, yeah, because it is huge, yeah, it's massive. Um, but the trust and the surrender and this devotion that um, solidified and is like embodying, I'm embodying now, it came from this direct connection with the source that kind of eliminated everything else in between. So I don't need a specific practice, I don't need a specific, um, you call him a philosophy, or a specific guru, master or teacher to tell me what to do and how I need to do it, if I'm communicating with the soul. Yeah. If I made myself a vessel for the divine consciousness, yeah, like there's no need for anything else. But to be able to do that, guess what is needed? The trust and the surrender. Mm. Yeah, mm. and that comes through the constant, constant, constant re refinement process that happens over the years. But the work needs to be done. It is not coming from me, you know, listening to others. It's coming from me to listen to others and questioning everything, including myself. Yeah, always question everyone and everything, and always, always refining and refining and refining and refining and refining. And refining. And the more I went through this refinement process, the trust was stronger and the surrender came stronger, yeah. And now in this in, in this moment of my evolution, what I'm about to do is huge. And ninety-nine percent of the people around me don't get it. And I'm walking alone. It's a path of like I'm walking alone but because I trust myself mm. so much mm. and because I know that I'm in direct connection with the source then the surrender to my path is 100% happening and is there and that's all I need to know do I need to know what's going to happen tomorrow 
No. Do I need to know what's going to happen in a month time? No. So there's this stillness and all the stillness that people are looking for and this zero point, this neutrality, it happens when I'm in connection with the source. So if I know that that's it, you know, I'm here, I'm now, then there's this zero point, there's this nothingness. And from here, guess what? I can create everything. The, the manifestation process happens from this zero point. Mm. So this is what I was looking for. Yeah. And what I'm going to manifest from here, mm. it's obviously going to be aligned with mm. my absolute supreme purpose and from the absolute truth that I know to be true. Yeah, and it's coming out. And it's coming out. <laughs> That's going to be the next podcast. Yeah. yeah. I'll put the, um, your Instagram in the notes so people yeah. can find you. Yeah. I love it. I feel like this ends on such a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's huge. It's amazing, amazing story. Like, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. I've been like on a, loads of tangents, but I think it's very uh, beautiful to understand this multi-dimensionality, you know, like this multi-dimensional aspect of yeah. of life, yeah, it's not just, it's not one straight line. No, For me, not. at least it wasn't a straight line. Really Everything not. is like, it's, it's like, it's it's like really a not. matrix of information and situations and really things not. that happen and people and emotions and all this kind of stuff and situations, yeah. But everything is kind of like condensed, you know, in this like one point. That's my frequency. Yeah, my frequency is made of all those things, but it's just one point and it's stable. So what I uncovered and what I'm like really proud and, and, and grateful that I, I, I go to this point when I know that my frequency is stable. So I'm not the slave of external whatever happens, yeah including my emotions including my the biology of my body like i you know in my journey i just noticed that the biology the biochemistry of my body was dictating my emotions mm, yeah yeah <sighs> it's like wow that's like a really interesting thing so in this like absolute point of of stillness and and nothingness then Everything is just how it's supposed to be. It's perfect. Everything is just in perfect alignment. Yeah, I think that that place that you're describing is like um, this world is so many. It's really teaches us to look outside. Mm -hmm. It's actually really difficult mm -hmm. to just find that stillness. What happens if we look inside? Mm. What happened? Look what happened when I looked inside. Yeah. Yeah, and it was massive for me because obviously I had teachers and masters as well and I was looking so, you know, I was revering mm. them so much like, oh my God, the enlightened master, who I don't know who, and then my meditation teacher. And, and it was this thing in me thinking that I'll never be like that. And it was this desire, the want to be, you know, like that. But also it was the belief that it's hard, you know, mm. and it requires a lot of work and then a lot of experience and then you have to have a specific consciousness yeah. and and I knew about this like infinite possibility that lies it but like that I had to go in. I had to go in and mm. allow myself to to surrender to you know, what could happen, what what would happen if I would actually for a second I would just drop 
this idea that I have to be somewhere else or I have to go somewhere or I have to do something or I have to be better and I would just sit. And then you become the master. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I'm not giving my power away, yeah? To any system, any teacher, any nothing. Yeah. And what I'm doing, I'm experimenting, yeah, through direct experience of life, yeah. All of my dynamics, you know, all my friendships, all my relationships, everything in my work environment, in my, you know, recreational time, every single time with myself, yeah. I observe myself, I interact with myself all the time. Yeah. I notice what I'm doing, how I'm reacting, how is my body, you know, how is you know how, how everything changes all the time who is who is the best teacher if not myself can somebody tell me what's happening in my body can somebody yeah. else tell me what's happening yeah. in my mind what's what's going on inside of me no so yeah. if i don't know myself and i'm not in full connectivity in full connection like perfectly merging with myself how can i trust somebody else if i can't trust myself mm. including a guru yeah. including a master so I just wanted to backtrack a bit as well. Yeah. <laughs> just through that relationship that you said that was really traumatic, what advice can you give to anyone who's going through something similar? Like mm, actually, I had a conversation with one of my very good friends. Um, he's a beautiful, beautiful human being, and he's he was in a relationship mm. very similar to mine. And yeah. He's my age now. He's in his thirties, yeah. and he never actually thought he would end up with with somebody like that, with a narcissist. That's usually what you never think you will. Exactly, it just happened. He met with this, this girl and everything was like really beautiful for a couple of months and she was like really confident, good typical narcissist behavior and then everything went to down. So I told him, do not wait for things to get really difficult and dragging, mm. you know, and trying to save it, trying mm. to fix it, trying to do anything about it. Because I understand that there are, there are a lot of things uh, playing out, this victim mode, this, um, this uh, survival, you know, um, uh, savior. There are all these archetypes, yeah? So people are like, yeah, you know what? I need to support them and, 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 and it's radical honesty, like be honest with yourself. That's why I would say, be really, really honest. Is this relationship really serving you? Like is it really serving you? Do you have to go through all this suffering, yeah? Through all this, like, like li literally walking on a bombed battlefield just to learn something? I learned a lot mm -hmm. about relationship being single for seven years. Same. Me too. I learned Me a too. lot, yeah? The energy doesn't lie. Mm. You can interact with anybody energetically and in different dynamics, mm. yeah? That doesn't have to be a physical relationship. But I guess it's, it's like, it's your choice, yeah, realizing yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you do need to go yeah, through Yeah, maybe. And yeah. I always say to people, go into a relationship, explore it for a while, but when you see the red flags, get out. <laughs> Don't wait. You know, you're gonna drown. Oh, no, no, no. If I would have listened to the to the sea, you know, and to the waves, I'll be like, no, it's too dangerous. I should just like keep myself, you know, a little bit like closer to the to, closer to the shore. You know, there's there's this discernment is key. We had this conversation. Remember when we had the conversation? Discernment is key. Yes. Yeah. Discernment means yeah. this like really like serious honesty. You know, like this is this serving me? If you, if you're like 
if you're like and then again you know all these things with like mirroring oh yeah miss bust me a mirror everybody's a mirror ourselves where i'm a mirror to myself as well mm. again am i giving my power again to somebody outside of me to mirror some shit no if i'm really discerning and if i really want to see the truth in me i don't really need to be in a relationship for me to understand that I have an attachment issue or an abandonment problem or a rejection wound or whatever, yeah? If it comes up, go and freaking fix it yeah. and start again. Go and fix it and start again. Mm. There's no that's need it. to stay in the suffering and that yes. works oh for God, I everything. Love I love that. Every single thing. There's no need for suffering. This is a bullshit yes. concept, yes. yeah? And people are looping in this constant you know uh, running around and like oh i need yeah. to heal myself yeah. and like suffering like they're just they're a, another addiction they're another distortion another addiction to drama and another you know need to this deep winding there like the yeah. victimhood and all this kind of stuff but yeah. there's no need for suffering anymore I that's think, why yeah. i think again it, t- it takes a level of awareness to be able to see that to realize that you have the choice yeah yeah you have the oh, choice i don't actually have to that's sovereignty so, that yeah. is sovereignty yeah. but in general, what I can, uh, what I'm noticing at the moment, people are really afraid to be sovereign. Uh, yeah, that's that because is the that means taking all the power back. Yeah. That means there's nothing to cling sometimes. to. There's no system. There's no schooling. There's yeah. there's no one yeah. aside of us. There's no boyfriend yeah. or girlfriend it's or mother scary. or father or anything. You know, it's like oh my god, like yeah. nobody has a responsibility but ourselves. Yeah. The responsibility is 100% mine. If I take my power back. And that means that everything I do, everything I am, everything I say yeah. is my responsibility. Yes. And people don't want to have this responsibility because it's easier to blame. Yeah, it's easy to blame yeah. the wound. Oh, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm traumatized. Oh gosh, we're all traumatized. Yeah. But do you want to live happy? You know, like all these things, all these things, all these things. There's no need for. I have like friends that are like going through the same thing again and again and again and again, unresolved situations, yeah? It's a choice. Mm-hmm. When I decided I want to be happy, I became happy. I did everything I wanted, I could to be happy. When I decided to be healthy, it didn't happen overnight. I didn't become happy like overnight. I didn't become healthy overnight. It was years, yeah? yeah. But the, that devotion I was telling, I was saying, I'm devoted to myself. I'm mm-hmm. devoted to my well-being. Mm-hmm. If I'm devoted to my well-being and somebody comes and throws something at me, I know that's not about myself. And I'll be like, no, I can't even bother to get upset about it. You know, it's fine. It's okay. If it's aggressive and stuff, obviously I'm going to defend, my, defend myself. But for like little things in life, you know, like, oh, you did this to me. Again, giving your power away. If you're an asshole, you know, it's not your, it's not, you know, you know it's not my fault you're an asshole. It's your fault. You know, why would I get upset? Yes. Uh, yeah, actually, I remember I was dating this guy from Tibet once. And we, we were talking about getting angry about something. And I, he just was so calm in his reaction to something I can't remember. And I was just like, that's crazy. And then I remember him just saying to me, why would I get angry at him? That would be wasting my energy. It happened to me last week. I was in this beautiful um, musical music environment, yeah, with my musician friends, like having this like gig, it was beautiful. And I was just massaging one of my friends and then a lady came and she was totally un- ungrounded. Yeah, so this is not a jump judgment. This is an observation. She was all over the shop, like moving around and like really like, taking a lot of space and all this like really around it 
and came and she said, oh, hey guys, you know, how was the, how did you feel? How are you? How are you feeling? You know, how was the event? And I was like, oh, it was beautiful. And how was it for you? You know, did you like it? Did you enjoy it? And she was like, oh, uh, sorry, I need to go. I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, I was really calm. And she was like, I, I have to say this. I have to speak my truth. And I have to say this. You're fake. I was like, what? She was like, you were fake. Like the way you, you said like, oh yeah, you too, sweetie, stuff like that. And I was like, so, okay, you know, like if this, I couldn't even be bothered to explain myself yeah. or explain to her yeah. anything. I was yeah. like, all right, <laughs> thank you for, love that. Thank, thank you for telling me. And my friend, he turned around, he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, you know, like, uh, I, because it was his event. So, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, babe, just chill, like there's no problem. She's like, yeah, but she was really rude. I was like, there's no problem it's a higher perception imagine mm. the amount of suffering mm. that's happening in in her and mm. her and ability because when i'm really nice i'm very much in my child i'm like hey how are you doing you know but that's like that's the liberation mm. you know that's being feeling free and like really like authentic uh, yeah and like with myself yeah. sometimes i sound childish and it can be too much for some people but i don't give a shit you know <laughs> I, no i know but it's true it triggers yeah. people Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But like, I don't, yeah. I don't like before because otherwise the conditioning will say, yeah. But when you say, hey, hello, how are you doing? You know, I should have this attitude. And sometimes, like, hey, sweetie, how was your day? Yeah. You know, like this kind of thing. And also, again, like they get triggered because they yeah. want to be that, yeah. or they they would like to do the same, and they can't do it. They can't understand it. It's some mm. somehow in their shadow. Well, it takes and a muscle to be non-judgmental. Yeah, and it's <laughs> just like it's fine, you know. And it didn't even take me out of my center, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I could recognize how difficult it is for her to walk in this life, mm -hmm. you know, believing that everybody or like other people are fake and and imagine the the, the, the wounding that's there yeah, that actually sure. made her say that, you know, because mm -hmm. usually when you find somebody is fake, what do you do? You remove yourself from the situation. But again, see all this new age spirituality bullshit that she learned that says like, I have to speak my truth now, you know, this is not in line with my, you know, like inner blah, blah, blah. And that's not how you do it. I love it when people express their like opinions, opinions. as if you're supposed to care. <laughs> it's like cool. Like you're supposed to be like, oh yeah. Because that's, that's the charge that wants to be expressed to create more charge yeah, yeah. yeah? it's just drama but if you're drama. neutral if you're neutral like there's no charge you know she expressed her charge yeah. and i was like fine yeah yeah i know it's so funny yeah so another uh, question i was going to ask you is why i feel like your journey it sounds like it's been such a you said before like such an explorer mm -hmm. and that's like but for you, i feel like this whole thing of being able to be free has been really important and yes. i wanted to ask you why why do you, why have you always felt that because i had a lot of conditioning so i i, I was i was born in a ex-communist country mm. under a religious deeply orthodox you know a religious system everything it was shame there was a lot of lack mentality around my parents they wanted to make it in life so they wanted to be someone and somewhere and like make money and all this kind of stuff and the focus was on the outside, yeah, it was always on the outside. And I always felt that um, all my upbringing and, and my first 27 years of my life, I was supposed to be doing things or being in a way that the society or the religion or the schooling or my family was telling me to do. 
and I just became obsessed with what liberation actually is yes yeah so it was this deep feeling inside of me like i really need to get to the bottom of this what it actually means to be liberated and to be free and i always had this desire mm. of freedom absolute freedom what does freedom means you know including my fear of camera like look you know the story you know like i'm just af af afraid of cameras and here i am mm. now because this was my last year for 2020, you know, <laughs> like literally my last year for 2020. And I was like, okay, so if I do it, what what is going to happen now? I'm going to feel liberated because mm. I've done it. Mm. I've done it, you know. And yeah. it was really important for me to to get to this point where I can express myself, where I can trust myself, mm. where I know my purpose, you know, and go for my purpose in absolute love and compassion. Yeah. For Everything. So what does freedom mean to you? Oh my god, it's so complex. It's huge, isn't it? It's, it's huge. It's quite it's a hard one. That's quite a hard one. I feel that freedom for me is to... to know who I am, to trust that I am that, and to allow myself to constantly edit who I am. Oof. Ooh, love that. I specific, specifically the last one, because yeah. it's like we're constantly changing and morphing, yeah. and there's this whole thing about yeah. like being contradiction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah, so it's always being in my truth and love in my that. fullest expression, and no matter what happens, yeah, whatever I believe yeah. to be true now, it can change in a split of a second. Yeah. But that's also such a skill. And edit, yeah. So it's a it's a path of non-attachment as well. Yes. Like it's like a constant stream. It's like a river. Yeah. yeah it's like a river that flows mm. and loves everything, but doesn't attach to it to nothing. The, 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 mm. There's no attachment. Yeah. There's no attachment to who I should be or should I like what what happened and this and that and blah blah blah. All these things. Yeah. There's no attachment, and my life is so freaking easy. I'm telling you, like my life is so easy because of this capacity that I developed to just flow. To just flow and in the moment, whatever comes, whatever arises, then that's the moment when I will take the decision. Now, like before water. Now, after, like water. <laughs> back to the water. Like back to the water, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing. I love that. Mm. Cool, I think, I think this is a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you want to add? Just like final words? Well, probably it's going to be another podcast because I've got loads to share. But well, there you go. I think I will leave it with this little nuggets that are like actually huge. Um, and instead of uh, bringing more information, let we let this sink. Mm. Whoever's going to listen, we allow this to sink mm. and see what happens with them. <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being the catalyst to bring through my <laughs> camera fear. <laughs> yeah. Camera phobia. No, watch watch the space. Watch the space. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, Thank I hope, you. I'm sure everybody else will. Thank you so much. Thank you.